0: Hey, it's Latif from Radiolab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, How did I live this long and not know that? Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to The Takeaway. I'm Melissa Harris Perry
1: should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president.
0: Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina and ambassador to the United Nations during the Trump administration, kicked off her 2024 presidential bid on Tuesday. That's right. Nikki Haley is running in heels.
1: We're ready. Ready to move past the stale ideas and faded names of the past.
0: Joining me now is Kayton Dawson, former chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party. Kayton, it is so good to have you here.
2: It's wonderful being with you, Melissa. Wonderful.
0: All right. We've been talking about Nikki Haley, you and I, for, I think, a decade now. So why don't we why don't you go ahead back and just kind of walk us up a bit through her political trajectory? How did we get from, you know, Clemson undergraduate (laughs) to presidential candidate?
2: You really start in a a little tiny place called Bamberg, South Carolina, 1500 people. And her parents uh, came from India. And, and her dad came to be a professor at a, at a small college called Voorhees College. And she got there. And, of course, they were the only Indian family and the only Indian family there. Um, and, and, and you know, Nikki says it, but you know, her family, and, and this is what's moving about it. She said every day she came home, her mom and dad said, we got to find similarities with people, not, not differences. They, they're all going to point out the differences. You look different. You sound different. And she said, so every day her, her, her brother and her sister went to school uh, and tried to find similarities. And that's the neat thing about her. She still tries to find what's similar, not what's different. Um, now, mind you, when, when you grow up in a small town in South Carolina and you look different uh, and you, you can't get in the African-American beauty pageant and you can't get in a white beauty pageant, which is true about Nikki Haley. And they gave her a, a beach ball a consolation prize for not being able to get in either one, which was 102 miles away from the beach. So there you have it. From that start, Nikki, I, I was chairman of the party. She didn't know who I was. I didn't know who she was. And they said, you got to go see this, this woman who's different. She's, she's in the school line, giving out donuts, running against a 30 year incumbent for the state house in South Carolina. That means he won 15 straight elections and Nikki Haley's picking them, him. She's running out. On the weekends, she'd go to the Lexington County, which is a Republican County landfills and the recycling centers and unload trash if you would let them put the uh, bumper sticker on the back of the car. So that, yeah, that's the history of her. She's hardworking. She wasn't supposed to win and be governor of the state of South Carolina. And, and so at the end of the day, what Nikki Haley did is she, she shows up and she's going to run for president. What she's always told me every time is, you know, I'm going to win, don't you? She called me about running for the White House. Her answer was, Kate, I'm not running for vice president. Let me just get that. and Let me be clear with that. I'm running for president.
0: I love this, and I, and I wanna get to that because I do think um, that it is very easy to underestimate um, Ambassador Haley. And I, and I wanna be sure that we understand both the, the barriers and the possibilities facing her as a candidate. But let, I wanna go back to the gubernatorial piece for a moment because I do think um, we can get some insights into and understand a bit. Um, but but I also wanna understand sort of your point of, of how she conceptualizes what it means to be a leader in this space. Let's listen for just a moment this is Nikki Haley at her inauguration in 2011, becoming both the first woman and the first non-white person to serve as governor of South Carolina.
1: Today is a great day in South Carolina. It's a day for new beginnings. It's a day to turn the page from the past. And it's a day filled with anticipation of the next chapter of our state's future.
0: All right, so Caitlyn, talk to me about that. Uh, you know, Again, you and I are both Southerners. It's part of how we vibe, even when we disagree politically. But that language of turning the page from the past sometimes doesn't resonate well with Southern audiences.
2: Well, it does now. The interesting part is, Melissa, we, we've learned we might not agree on everything, but we can still love each other. And that's what Nikki tells you. You know, we don't have to agree on everything. But at the end of the day, you know, when you join the fight against a common cause, you got to kick all that other stuff aside. And that's what she taught us in South Carolina. You know, they're, they're, the, the comparisons I have, and, and somebody asked me yesterday, Melissa, compare her to other politicians. I said, well, that's pretty easy for me because in 2008, I saw an uh, African-American come to Columbia, South Carolina with Oprah Winfrey to a football stadium and damn near fill it up. And he wasn't supposed to win. He, he wasn't supposed to win. He was running against Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Crowd, And what I saw was, and I've been to, to, to rallies of the opposite side, even though I'm a Republican, I, I go to watch them. And what I saw when he came to Columbia, South Carolina was this wonderful oratory skill that he had that's really kind of unmatched in modern history. I, I watched the enthusiasm, but I saw a crowd that I had never seen before. People came from all over everywhere to see Barack Obama. And that's the jealousy I always have had as a Republican. <laughs> you know, we 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 don't get candidates to excite crowds. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm moving to that with Nikki Haley. Yesterday, I, I had the ability to to be on the podium to help introduce Governor Haley. And I looked into the crowd and, and I've been around South Carolina a long time and done a lot of rallies. And what I saw yesterday was people I'd never seen before that came to their first political rally.
0: So, so I want to zero in on this because you know I remember well the 2008 presidential primaries, Democratic primaries um, between then Senator Clinton and then um, Senator Obama, and part of how the South Carolina win happens for him is of course because the South Carolina Democratic Party is also vastly predominantly African American, and those who are who are also in it who are not African American are understanding sort of that part of what they're doing there is is holding allegiance and an alliance with. black communities in South Carolina. But Nikki Haley does also stand at an interesting intersection in part because of the 2015 massacre at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston. I want to take a listen to a moment that I think, again, you and I talked about as like, this may be a turning point for Nikki Haley's political future.
1: For those who wish to show their respect for the flag on their private property, no one will stand in your way. But the statehouse is different. And the events of this past week call upon us to look at this in a different way. Today, we are here in a moment of unity in our state, without ill will, to say it's time to move the flag from the Capitol grounds.
0: All right, Kayton, is that going to play as a moment of victory or of defeat for Governor Haley as she begins this pathway towards the Republican nomination?
2: When she did that, she just didn't care. She was doing what she thought was right. She knew it was politically risky. And the reason why is a a guy named Governor David Beasley took on the flag and it cost him the office. With Nikki Haley, it was what she thought she had to do, needed to do. And there wasn't a political, I had talked to her, there wasn't a political bone in her body with that. It was right or wrong. And the pain in South Carolina was palatable. I am four blocks over from the church right now. And, and I can't go by without the sadness of what happened that day. And, you know, if you look at our great state, what I said earlier is we might not all agree, but we try to love each other the best we can. And our state came together and, and mourned. And we still mourn every day. What happened there. So, you know, what you try to do when you live in the Deep South is try to get better every day. What Nikki's trying to do here is, is is really sort of bring the country together the best she can. The first thing she gets to do is be underestimated the same way Barack Obama was. She's bringing new people to it. Uh, her history and past is there. They will dissect it. And I will tell you that, that removing that flag will be an asset, not a liability. I think a comparison of underestimated a politician. The sad thing yesterday was a couple of reporters said, do you think that America's really ready for a, a woman president? And I went, wow, it, this is 2023 and you're asking me that question. My the answer was, well, we never have had one. I said, well, you know what? I've always said the Republican Party will be the first one to do that. It'll be our primary. It'll be our party that, that we should be the first one to do it. Nikki made the point yesterday, Melissa, we have not won the popular vote in seven out of the last later eight elections. And the reason why is we hadn't been reaching over to enough people who vote the general election and don't vote these primaries
0: all right quick break and we'll be right back talking about nikki haley and her presidential announcement right after this about six hundred thousand people go missing every year in the u.s prompting family members to become amateur detectives on the trail of one missing person is journalist tanya mosley
2: Why do you think you hesitated when we first met in telling me the full details about your mother's disappearance? It's heartbreaking. I didn't want
0: to break your heart. I'm Kai Wright. Tanya Mosley joins me next time on Notes from America. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Here with The Takeaway, we're talking to Caitlin Dawson, former chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party, about Nikki Haley's decision to run for president. Now, Kate, I just want to for a moment think through this question of, all right, it's not just about winning a general election. You got to win a primary first. And that means Nikki Haley is going to have to beat former President Trump, who, after all, she did serve as U.N. ambassador for. I want to just take a listen to something she said in 2021.
1: I would not run if President Trump ran and I would talk to him about it. You know, I mean, that's something that we'll have a conversation about at some point if that decision is something that has to be made.
0: So that's 2021. She's saying she wouldn't run if Trump ran. Obviously, he's in and she's the first challenger in. How is her challenging but also working for Trump at various points likely to play in the primary?
2: You know, primary voters are going to have their choice. I mean, the fact that Nikki got in and is willing to run against Trump has already brought her financial success. It's already brought her people in our party. Remember, right now, what we see is President Trump was a unique individual that got to knock 16 people off the stage one at a time, nicknames, belittle little them, whatever, and, and won the nomination. Wasn't supposed to beat Hillary Clinton. Wasn't. None of us thought that, to be honest with you, none of us thought that would happen. And he did. Uh, last time, uh, he ran for re-election, he lost. And then in the midterms, when they weighed in, we had a pitiful showing. Just barely got the House of Representatives. We should have gotten by 40 seats, the Senate by five seats. So that tells you, you can't keep doing the same old thing and think you're going to get better results. So I Nikki Nikki certainly has the passion and and the and and the desire to serve. I don't think any of the trappings of the presidency have ever sunk in her mind yet. I think it's the challenge of trying to change the heart of America at the same time in a Republican primary. And 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 going against President Trump's going to be hard. I mean, he, he's got a he's got a base and I would contend you very well is, Melissa, a ceiling and a floor at the same time. I think he has what he has. And what I'm seeing is I think that's certainly what the Democratic Party wants is Donald Trump. The same way we were wanting Barack Obama years ago or Hillary Clinton uh, to run against. And, you know, it's kind of hard to go pick who you're going to run against because the parties get to do that. But at the end of the day, Nikki was willing to step up and challenge. She has the right to change her mind and change her opinion. You do. So she, she in, in discussions with her family and others, it was like, you know, let's let's go see if we can change the Republican Party and at least pick up all the pieces that are on the floor right now.
0: Is this challenge out of South Carolina by Nikki Haley the first skirmish in a war for the, the battle of the soul of the Republican Party? And if it is, what does Nikki Haley's Republican Party look like versus Donald Trump's?
2: It looks very different. I think it looks more inclusive. I think it's more outward facing. And I I think it'll be built off of a different platform. Donald Trump is very talented. The difference is, nikki has been a governor and a politician before. And usually governors are much more successful than private business people. That has the sexiness to it. But Donald Trump's now the former president of the United States. And he's a hard foe, don't get me wrong. And I I will tell you that I did a, a deep dive on the Democratic primary first. And the thing that I told you earlier was always sexy is John F. Kennedy. 41 years old, Bill Clinton, 46 years old, Barack Obama, 47 years old. You know, right now, the age of Joe Biden and Donald Trump, but we're making Ronald Reagan look younger every day at 69 when he ran one. So my point is, I think the new generation thing is something that's real. I think there's a new generation out there that hasn't signed up for any primary that is stepping into the fray because we've been through a pandemic. We're looking at inflation. There are things that matter to them that uh, we haven't seen since the 80s, to be honest with you. So that generation's probably going to be able to take credit for whoever wins presidency.
0: Caten Dawson is former chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party. Kate, as always, thanks for talking with us.
2: Melissa, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. And as always, I'm so glad to see your success and, and appreciate your audience who listens to you.